illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How you doing, Beach? Doing good, Billy. Right on. Y'all ready for the election on Tuesday? Oh, golly, I hope so. I, I keep getting text messages from random people uh, during the day, Ask- so asking me questions and stuff. And so what, one gal was a little shocked this morning when she called me. I was at breakfast, and I'm like, this is Brian. And she's like, oh, hello. I'm like, hi. <laughs> Can I help you? So what was her question? She had a couple questions. One was called, dang it, what was it? Um, but then she asked me about Agenda 21. You familiar with Agenda 21, Billy? Yeah, it has to do with the UN. Yeah. She asked me if I supported Agenda 21. So I told her no, I wasn't a big fan. I like small government. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, very nice lady, though. Right on. Anyway, so that's that's what I've been doing. And uh, you know the the strange dude that comes out and fixes my video games? Yeah. He came out today and fixed Miss Pac-Man. Nice. Was he not able to get the other one going? Gauntlet's got some issues. He's going to see if he can fix it tomorrow. But uh, the screen is dim, but he says he doesn't think the monitor's toast. But it's just not appearing very good. So he's going to see if he can get any any uh, any luck out of it. But uh, Miss Pac-Man, I can see Miss Pac-Man glowing from my den all the way into the barn. Can you believe that? That must be pretty damn bright. Yeah, it is. It is. So anyway, I'm excited to play Miss Pac-Man with you tomorrow or uh, Tuesday, Billy. Right on. All right. 
Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers and others, and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have a little fun every week. All right, Beads, we'll start off with a little bit of listener feedback today. We got feedback this week? We got a little bit from listener Kurt. Oh, I love Kurt. Unlike Kyle, because we hate Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. So Kurt messaged us, and he said, Here's your Purdue fact of the week. Because, you know, he's going to start saying us Purdue facts. Mm-hmm. Purdue likes to refer to itself as the, quote, cradle of astronauts. Astronauts, which sounds a bit pompous, but it's not entirely inaccurate. 22 Purdue graduates have been selected for space travel, including Gus Grissom, the second American in space, Eugene Cernan, the last man to walk on the moon, Roger Chafee, who tragically died with Grissom during a pre-launch test for Apollo 1, and some guy named Neil Armstrong. In fact, Purdue graduates, excuse me, Purdue graduates have been on 37% of all manned U.S. space flights and made up two of the six American astronauts who spent time on Mir, the Russian space station. Maybe, wow. Maybe this time next year, the next Purdue astronaut to fly into space will actually be able to look down and see the football stadium now that they finally built permanent lights. That's crazy. Yeah. I I, w- I wouldn't have thought Purdue is like the uh, like the the number one astronaut making uh, college out there, university out there. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it should be, but it is. I would figure, you know, maybe like the Air Force uh, Air Force Academy or something like that would be pulling more of those guys. Mm-hmm. Nope. Interesting. Here, I thought he was going to give us some some fantastic uh, fa- fun fact about meatloaf, since uh, that seems to be his uh, number one go to music choice. He he did say that uh, he he understands our feeling of meatloaf. I said I actually like meatloaf. We're just not going to play it on the show. Mm-hmm. And he did agree with me that. He did listen to it entirely too much when he was younger with his brother Dave. Okay. That was that what screwed up Dave so bad? Oh, who knows? Okay. All right, Beach, ready to get into some Beaver sports for the week? Yeah, let's get to this, Billy. What what's going on in the world of Beaver? All right, Beach. First up is women's volleyball. In I fo- love women's volleyball, Billy. In four of the last five. I, I really do. I really do. In four of the last five... It's like my favorite sport, Billy. Go ahead. Go ahead. In four of the last five seasons and leading up to 2016, the Oregon State volleyball team had posted at least one victory over a top 25-ranked team. You can now amend that to be five of the last six. The Beavs down number 23 Washington State in four sets Friday night at Bowler Gym. Then, on Sunday afternoon at Bank of America Arena in... Seattle, Lanisha Reagan tallied her team-leading 10th double-double of the season, but the Oregon State volleyball team was unable to overcome 8th-ranked Washington in four sets. Hmm. Now, Oregon State is 10-15 and 15 overall, 3-11 and 11 in the Pac-12, and returns home for a pair of matches at Gill Coliseum this week, Thursday versus Utah, and Saturday against Colorado. Start time for both matches is set for 7 o'clock. Two. Cool. All right, up next. What's next? Oh, what, what's next, Billy? Up next is women's soccer. Junior Emma Jones scored her first goal of the season to help the Oregon State women's soccer team edge Oregon 1 to nothing in the 21st Civil War match presented by Pacific Source Health Plans, Spirit Mountain Casino, Safeway Albertsons, and your local Toyota dealers. 
It was the first victory for the Beavs at Pape Field since the 2010 season and the first Civil War victory since 2013. The win was also the first time OSU has won back-to-back Pac-12 road games since 2011 when it defeated the Arizona schools. Now, the match was the final for Oregon State, and it finished the season 8-10-2 overall and 3-8 and in the Pac-12. Hey, Billy, not to sound stupid here, but they've only had 21 Civil Wars between the soccer teams for the girls? Yes, because soccer hasn't been around that long. As a uh, college sport? Correct. I would have thought they would have at least been doing this in the, like, 80s. No. Wow. All right, up next is women's soccer. Or, excuse me, men's soccer. That could be the women's, dude. You never know. An incredible bicycle kick, golden goal, by junior Jordan Jones gave the Oregon State men's soccer team an impressive 3-2 victory over number 21 San Diego State on Thursday at Lorenz Field. The Oregon State men's soccer team closed out its home schedule with an entertaining 4-3 loss to UCLA on Sunday before a crowd of 458 at Lorenz Field. The Beavs are now 6-8-3 overall, 2-5-2 in the Pac-12, and wrap up the regular season at Washington at 6 p.m. on Thursday. Now, the Huskies edged OSU 2-1 in double overtime at Lawrence Field back on October 14th in their previous meeting this season. Hey, Billy, I don't mean to sound like a moron, but what the hell is a bicycle kick golden goal? Well, golden goal mean it was a winning goal in overtime, and uh-huh. a bicycle kick is when you kind of do a backflip and kick the ball like you're riding a bicycle in the air upside down into the goal. Okay. So imagine doing a backflip like you're going to jump. You're going to throw your butt up over your head. Okay. And you kick the ball in the air like you're riding a bicycle. Wow. Yeah. All right, Beach, moving on to wrestling. Sophomore Corey Grego won by fall, and junior Abram Rodriguez prevailed by technical fall to lead their respective teams on Thursday night at the Oregon State Wrestling's team's annual Orange and Black Inter-Squad match at Guild Coliseum. Now, sadly, the Beavs will be without All-American heavyweight Amavir Desi for the foreseeable future after he suffered a knee injury in practice earlier last week. Now, Desi, who was the 2016 Pac-12 champion, the most outstanding wrestler at the conference tournament, and the fifth-place finisher at the NCAAs. He was hurt in a non-contact drill during last week during practice. Now, also, Bees, just today, on Sunday, the Bees competed in the Mike Clock Open in Forest Grove, but results aren't available yet. Next up for this next week, Beach will be Appalachian State and Duke in a meet at North Carolina. That, that sucks for Desi. Yeah. I, uh... I, Damn. I mean, it just sucks. Not even not no contact and not even during a game. Yep. Or match, I guess. No, he was actually uh he was actually um just working out doing a drill in practice. And then he gave out. And pushed off his knee and it popped. Wow. That sucks. Next. If he was karate, he could just do the Danielson thing, but I don't think you can get away with that in soccer or in uh, wrestling. Yep. All right, up next is women's swimming. The Oregon State swimming team finished the weekend with a split against San Diego State and Southwestern Oregon Community College. The Bees fell to San Diego State 109-89, but picked up a victory against Southwest Oregon Community College 163-35. to 
Now, senior Sophie McEwen continued her successful weekend, finishing first in the 50-yard freestyle with a time of 24:39. Senior Andrea Young picked up a second-place time in the 200-yard individual medley with a mark of 2:10:14. Now, Oregon State will have almost a month off until it travels north to Washington for the Husky Invite, December 2nd through the 4th. Cool. Do a lot of community colleges have a swim? I, I don't know. I know Lynn Benton has a baseball team, but I don't know if a lot, and I think they have basketball too, but I don't know okay. if they have swim teams. I don't okay. think, I don't think Lynn Benton does cause they don't have a pool. Okay. Hmm. All right. Next up women's basketball. Um, oh, I'm excited for women's basketball this year, Billy. I really am. Yeah. The Oregon State women's basketball team took care of Northwest Nazarene Saturday afternoon, 78-51, in a non-counting exhibition matchup at Gill Coliseum. Junior Marie Gulich pulled down 19 rebounds in the contest to go along with 8 points. As a team, Oregon State limited Northwest Nazarene to a 30.6% shooting from the floor and held a 54-39 advantage on the boards. The Beavs will open the 2016-17 regular season on Friday when they play host to Lamar. That game will tip off at 2 p.m. A non-counting exhibition match. Correct. But they keep score anyway. Yeah. But it doesn't count in their record for the year. Gotcha. Something to do. Mm-hmm. Can't dance and it's too wet to plow. All right, Beach. Next up is men's basketball, which started this week. The Oregon State men's basketball team opened the 2016-17 season in a successful fashion on Friday night with a 96-58 exhibition victory over Corbin University, before a Guild Coliseum crowd of 4,663. Now, seven players scored in double figures for the Beavs, who never trailed against the Warriors of the NAIA Cascade Athletic Conference. Ten Beavers played at least 14 minutes and nine scored. Now, freshman Ja'Cory McLaughlin had 17 points, four rebounds, and three assists in his first college game to pace OSU's balanced attack. Sophomore Trace Tinkle had 15 points, six rebounds, and five assists in 21 minutes, and Stephen Thompson Jr. added 14 points and two assists in just 19 minutes, while hitting four of five from deep. The Beavs open the regular season by hosting Prairie View A&M at 6 p.m. on Friday, November 11th. The game will be televised on Pac-12 Oregon. How, how are Tinkle's pits looking, Billy? Good. Did you watch the game? No. Oh, okay. I was working. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. That you we would have been working. Mm-hmm. Thank you, by the way. All right. Hey, hey, Beach. Is that your tel- is that your teletype I hear going? Yes, it is. Really? I got it all looped up and it's all running good now. All right. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Ooh, that wasn't good. Okay. All right, Billy. This just in. We got an exclusive recording of Coach Helfrich's walking back to the locker room after Saturday's loss. I think I just emailed it to you, Billy. Go ahead and play it. Okay. Walking the mile, 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 walking the mile. I'm getting to my knees and praying, praying, Lord is my shepherd, and so forth and so on. Sorry for all the bad shit I've done and people I've tramped on and everything, and I hope they forgive me, and I'll 
Never do it again, that's for sure. Still praying, still praying, getting right with Jesus. Do it quietly, you old gank. Okay, yeah. Beach. Doesn't sound good. No, it does not. That doesn't sound good at all. Uh, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be a long couple of weeks here for Helfrich. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I, so. I think he's pretty much done. I I think so. It pretty much sounded like that in the recording. Yep. Making right with Jesus. Well, yeah, that's pretty much what you got to do. <laughs> hey, Beach. Well, so, what, what so speaking of that, Billy, how did the week go for the rest of the teams in the Pac-12? Well, let's go under further review for week number 10 in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did... Cross the line. Let's go on. Touchdown. Touchdown. All right, Beach. Week Hit. 10 and 12. Yep. We should say week 10 and the 12. All right, Beach. So um, last week, heading into last week, uh-huh. um, the score stands as follows. Kyle was at 46 out of 66. You were at 48 out of 66. And I had 49 out of 66. So. Okay. Let's get moving on here. Okay, Beach. first up was Thursday, November 3rd. There was a game UCLA at number 21, Colorado. Do you remember who you had? I'm thinking I took Colorado on that one, Billy. Actually, all three of us did. Now, we were all fools, weren't we? No. Isaiah Oliver returned a punt 68 yards for a score with 527 remaining, and number 21, Colorado, overcame eight personal foul penalties to beat UCLA 20-10 to on Thursday night. Now, Oliver caught the punt on the right side of the field, cut back to the left, and went untouched for the decisive score. It was the first punt return for a TD in 11 years for Colorado and came on a wow. night when the Buffaloes struggled to get much going. Now, the game featured a combined 25 penalties for 224 yards, two blocked kicks, and five turnovers, four by Colorado. Now, UCLA, with the loss, has dropped four straight games. Now, UCLA quarterback Mike Foffel stepped in with Josh Rosen sidelined by a shoulder injury. He finished 15-29 for 185 yards and one TD. He also threw an interception. And Josh Rosen Josh Rosen is done for the season. Wow, the chosen Rosen is done. Yep. Wow. Crash and burn. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it sounds like a very pathetically played game on, on both sides. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Wow. It, it, was, it was pretty Did ugly. You, did you get a chance to watch any of it, Billy? I had parts of it on when I was uh, working, but I can only watch so much. Yeah. It was a promo night at the bar, so. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. So we all got the win there. Next up was all the rest of the games were on Saturday, November 5th. First up was Arizona at number 25, Washington State. I think I'm pretty sure I took the Cougs on this one, Billy. All three of us did. Actually, we all took the exact same thing for the whole week. So. Oh. So there's no movement. None at all. Washington State quarterback Luke Falk threw for 311 yards and four TDs for Washington State, which had its highest points total since 1997 and the most ever against a Pac-12 opponent. The final score was 66-7, by the way. Washington wow. State scored on its first six possessions and held a 38-7 lead at halftime. Now, Arizona, which has lost six games in a row, struggled on offense behind quarterbacks Brandon Dawkins Anu Solomon, and Khalil Tate. 
They combined to complete 11 of 23 passes for 128 yards with one TD and two interceptions. They went through three quarterbacks? Yeah. Solomon was the starting quarterback the last couple of years, but he's been hurt. And then he got hurt early in the season. They've been going with Dawkins. But Solomon's come back, and they've just been very ineffective, to say the least. Hmm. So, that, that being said, you know, uh, the, the Beavs' next three opponents, two of them, obviously this week is UCLA, and next week is Arizona. Wow. So, now, Luke Falk, who was relieved late in the third quarter by Tyler Helinski, completed 32 of 35 passes. He was not intercepted or sacked. Helinski completed 15 of 17 passes for 163 yards and two touchdowns. Combined, the quarterbacks threw six TD passes against only five incomplete passes. Wow. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I wish Oregon State could get some of those kind of statistics. Consider, <laughs> considering they sort, they threw 52 passes, that's nuts. That is crazy. So, Anyways, we all got the win there. All right, Beach, only three games left this week. First, uh, Next up is Oregon at USC. We all took the men of Troy on this one, Billy. That is correct. USC quarterback Sam Darnold had 309 yards passing and two touchdowns with one interception. And Deontay Burnett had seven receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown to help propel USC to a 45-20 win over Oregon and its first five-game winning streak since 2013. Now, after rushing for a career-high 223 yards in USA's win over California last week, Jones again feasted on one of the worst rushing defense, defenses in college football. The sophomore exploded for a 66-yard touchdown run on the third play of the second half before picking up a fourth score early in the fourth quarter to match a mark last accomplished by Lindell White in 2005. Now, Jones finished with 171 yards rushing on 20 carries. Freshman quarterback Justin Herbert for the Ducks, who tied single school single-game records for TD passes and passing yards in his two previous starts, threw for just 162 yards and one touchdown, as Oregon was assured its first losing record in conference play since 2006. Now, Farrell Brown caught a touchdown while Charles Nelson had a touchdown run. Wow. They just are not very good. Nope. Nope. <clears throat> that's That's got to hurt, having the first losing record in conference play since 06. They haven't, they haven't smelled this kind of defeat in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Poor bastards. Yep. So, so I always love when they say Charles Nelson. I just always want to say Charles Nelson Riley and X gets a square. So, mm -hmm. I remember Charles Nelson Riley more from a uh, match game. Oh, is it match game? Yeah. Remember well, he's Max always been. He always kind of made. He always kind of made the rounds though on all the, uh, all the celebrity uh, game shows, didn't he? Yeah. Is that kind of his thing? Yeah. I don't know what else he did, but yeah. All right. <laughs> don't really know what made him famous, but he was always on those shows. Yep. Okay. Ne next all up, right. number five, Washington at Cal. Well, I'm pretty sure we all took the Huskies on this one, Billy, because uh, well, they're the Huskies this year. And that's probably a good idea. 
Uh, UW quarterback Jake Browning threw for 378 yards and six TDs to set Washington's single-season record for TD passes, and the fifth-ranked Huskies beat Cal 66-27 to on Saturday night. Now, days after being ranked fifth in the playoff rankings behind one-loss Texas A&M, the Huskies took care of business in efficient fashion, hours after the Aggies were upset by Mississippi State. Now, receiver John Ross had 208 yards receiving and three TDs, and Dante Pettis got 3D passes and threw another to lead the Huskies to their 12th straight win in convincing fashion. Washington is off to its best start since going 12-0 and sharing and winning a share of the national title in 1991. Now, the Bears had won five straight home games, including victories over ranked Texas and Utah earlier this season. But they were no match for the Huskies, who were far more potent on offense and much stingier on defense. Now, Cal quarterback Davis Webb threw for 262 yards and one TD and ran for a score. But he also threw three second-half interceptions as the Huskies pulled away with 38 straight points after Cal cut the deficit to 21-20 midway through the second quarter. Wow. So the Huskies just dominated in the second half. Oh, yeah. They just pretty much obliterated them in the second half. So. Wow. Yep. All righty. What's up next, Billy? All right, Beats. The last game of the weekend, Oregon State at Stanford. It's a disappointing, uh, disappointing outcome to that game. A little bit. A little bit. All right, Beach. Stanford running back Christian McCaffrey rushed for 199 yards in the TD. Bryce Love scored in a 56-yard touchdown run, and Stanford beat Oregon State 26-15 to on Saturday afternoon. Now, Stanford kicker Conrad Ukrapina kicked a career-high four field goals, including a personal best tie 52-yarder in the first half to help the Cardinal become bowl eligible. Now, McCaffrey, whose 51-yard run in the first half helped set up Ukrapina's second field goal, scored on a one-yard run in the third quarter. The 2015 Heisman Trophy finalist was also stopped on a fourth-and-one plunge late in the fourth. Now, Oregon State's Ryan Nall rushed for 77 yards on 10 carries for Oregon State. The Bees have lost four straight and six of seven. Now, McMarion passed for one touchdown and ran for another, but completed only 10 of 24 attempts for 137 yards and two second-half touchdowns. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. So... The Beavs really got to get their – I mean, I think their defense actually played pretty well. They stuffed Stanford on a goal line stand, which is impressive to do with that giant-ass offensive line that Stanford has. And, yeah. But but really the offense just has to get something going. We just can't seem to – yeah. I mean, our, our, uh, our aerial attack isn't very strong, and I don't know. We just don't have enough depth. Yep. Yep. So, uh, hey, Billy, didn't Nall get hurt, or how's he doing? He got you know? he got poked in the eye at one point, but but uh, that's all I know. He he okay. played he played a little bit here and there. I don't know much more than that. Okay, but as far as you know, he didn't re-injure his ankle or his foot or whatever was bothered him the as, last couple of weeks. As far as I know. Okay. All right. So how are we uh, how are we doing in well, the polls, Billy? Well, after this week. So after this week, Kyle ends up with 50 out of 71. You end up with 52 out of 71. And I've got 53 out of 71. So maintaining that. Now, Kyle has not emailed me his picks yet this week, but I will add them once he does. Okay. 
as we're a little we're a little early this week because of the election, correct? Correct, correct. We're recording on Sunday when we normally record on Monday. So. And mainly because I'm uh, we're having a little bit of a watching party for a Tuesday night. Housewarming party. Housewarming party. All right, so let's talk about the Pac- while we watch while we, while we watch TV. Yeah, we'll talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. First up in the AP poll, Washington came in at number four, Utah at thirteen. Colorado at 16, Washington State at 23, and USC is in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the USA Today poll, Washington's at number four, Utah at 12, Colorado at 15, Washington State at 23, and USC and Stanford are in the others receiving votes category. Now, last week they did release the first playoff poll, which is the one that matters for getting into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that poll, Alabama came in at number one, Michigan at number two. Clemson? Yeah, Clemson came in at number three. And Texas A&M, who has a loss, came in at number four, ahead of a no-loss Washington at number five. Then Utah came in at 16 and Washington State at 25. But here, you know, it's funny because people are fretting and worrying. You know what? It doesn't matter where you're at right now. The only one that matters is the one at the end. Just win. Now, what happened so, last and, week? And they, they take they they take the top four teams. Yes. Okay. But at this point, it doesn't matter. There's still at least four games to go for most of these schools. Because they there have could to be go. a lot of there's there's a lot of movement that can happen. Correct. And they have to go play their conference games. So it doesn't matter. Just freaking win. If there's not there's right now there's only four undefeated teams left. There probably won't be two left by the time it's all over, right? Rarely mm-hmm. is there two undefeated teams. So if, yeah. if you so, just if you just win all your games, it doesn't freaking matter. Win all your games, you'll go. That's all that matters. Okay. So, anyways, that's it. Hi. All right, Beach. Um. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the week, the Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> Every week, like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. So, BJ, I had one written here that we were going to talk about, but I think we're going to change it. We're going to do call, call a little uh, audible here. Originally, I was going to give it to supposedly Phil Knight for wanting to offer $10 million for a coach so Oregon can win a national championship, which is pretty jackassery, if you ask me. But this week, we're going to give the Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award to Cincinnati coach Tommy Tuberville. (laughs) That's awesome. Now... Cincinnati coach Tommy Tuberville frustrated after the Cincinnati Bearcats 20-3 loss to BYU snapped at a heckling fan on Saturday. As Tuberville was heading to the tunnel and into the locker room, a fan yelled at him, you're stealing from this university. And Tuberville wasn't handling, having any of it. Tuberville jabbed back first saying, go to hell, then shook his head. Then he said, get a job to the fan which you gotta love 
Now, Sunday, the university released a statement from athletic director Mike Bond regarding the exchange. It said, quote, Coach Tuberville was put in a no-win situation in front of his team last night, which resulted in an out-of-character response from him. He expressed frustrations from an emotional game. Our team, led by our seniors, is fully engaged with our coach and his staff to fight to the finish. The 62-year-old Tuberville has gone 20-19 in his fourth season at Cincinnati. The Bearcats went 9-4 in each of Tuberville's first two seasons, then 7-6 and six last year, and are only 4-5 and five this year. Now, Cincinnati made a bowl game in each of Tuberville's first three seasons, but lost each time. Now, Tuberville had signed a two-year extension on October 1st, more than five months after Cincinnati had announced it was committed to keeping Tuberville through at least the 2019 season. Now, under terms of the original five-year agreement with Tuberville, Cincinnati would have owed the coach a million-dollar buyout if the university were to let him go this season or before January 31st, 2017. The buyout would have dropped to $550,000 before the start of the 2017 season. So, they signed a guy who's just a jackass. Sign him mm-hmm. to a well, I mean, he's, 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 he's got an award named after him for that. Exactly. And it's just, he's just a jackass. And to say it's out of character is, is kind of silly. Why, uh, why didn't they just, I mean, why did they sign, if he hasn't been doing that well this year, why in the hell did they sign him up for a contract extension for two years when they could have bought him for half a million dollars if they would have waited until next year? Well, everyone thinks that they're, they got to keep, they got to do whatever to keep their coach, you know? I mean, look at Oregon State. They gave LaVonda Wagner, the women's basketball coach, an extension, and then ended up having to fire her ass less than two years later because because 90% of the team quit on her. So, anyways, yep. Great, great job there, Cincinnati. You got a winner. You got to like (laughs) – You remember two remember, more years. Remember, he's he the the award is named after him because he was the first three-time winner of the Jackass of the Week award, and one of those times was for leaving a recruit in the middle of dinner at Texas Tech so he could leave and go take the job at Cincinnati. Classy. Yeah, he's a piece of crap. So, Tommy Tuberville, for your continued jackassery, you get this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week award yep and that pisses you off if somebody like him is still making millions of dollars yep isn't that great and if they had to fire him now they got to pay him a million wow so alrighty, beach it is now time for the musical interlude of the week and this week it is my pick so you know what i'm thinking i'm thinking for picking? well let's see we've got do, do i'm thinking for civil war we're gonna let kyle pick okay because uh, next week you would pick. No, yeah, next week you'll pick. Uh, you know what? Let's let Kyle pick for the Pac-12 championship game. Okay. So you'll pick next week for Arizona. I'll pick the week after for Civil War. And Kyle, we hate you, Kyle. Kyle can pick for the Pac-12 championship game. So get ready, Kyle. Are, are, are we keeping up with the hell theme? I did keep up with the hell theme this week. Okay, I'm excited for this, Billy. What do we pick? Well, I picked some ACDC. Okay. No. There, there's a couple. Not, not high. Not highway to hell. I was gonna say there's a couple. There's a couple. No. Of hell songs not hell's bells. Okay, because that was playing at USC today. Because I always play hell's bells. I know. We're actually going off of the third internationally released album by ACDC, 
Let There Be Rock that came out in 1977. And the song is Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be. So with, uh, without any further ado, here's ACDC with Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be.
I love that album. I freaking I freaking love Bon Scott. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite ACDC albums from top to bottom. It's it's a good album. I love it. You, you know, ACDC, a, a huge ACDC fan, you know, but they have a lot of lackluster songs, but they they constantly were putting out music. So mm-hmm. it's like you don't have a a short library you got a massive library with a lot of good songs and a lot of lesser good songs but mm-hmm. but uh, well, let there be rock definitely one of their best part of the thing is because way back then they were putting out usually like two two albums a year but they were touring all the time mm-hmm. so they were actually having to record on the road you know and record piecemeal here and there and not just go into the studio write music and record it mm-hmm so, well, and they were also satisfied with what their fans wanted, which was just more music. Yeah. So, cool. All righty, Beach. It is now time to preview week number 11 in the Pac-12. Okay. Now we're up from, from 10 and 12 to 11 and 12. Correct. All right. All right. So we've got six games on the week. First game is on Thursday, November 10th. Number six, Utah at Arizona State. Utah versus Arizona State. I'm going to have to take Utah on this one. You're taking Utah? Okay. I, too, am taking Utah. All right. And I will get Kyle's when he's ready. All right, Beach, the last five games are all on Saturday, November 12th. First up, Stanford at Oregon. Stanford at Oregon. You know, I think Oregon's just going to continue their demise. Taking Stanford? Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking they're just they're they got a long walk through this season. Yeah, and they're 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 running off defense is so horrible. I think I think Stanford's just going to go two headed monster at him with Bryce Love and yeah. Christian McCaffrey and just run it down their throats. So, all right. Okay, next up. USC at number five, Washington. This one's interesting. You know what? You know, the Husky, the USC is doing better, but I really just don't think anything's going to stop the Huskies this year. I think the only team that might stop the Huskies is going to be the Cougs. So at this point, I'm, I'm sticking with the Huskies. Okay. I, too, am taking the Huskies. After that, next up, Colorado, number 15, Colorado. At Arizona, uh, Colorado. Even though they're going to be stoned out of their gourd, they'll uh, they'll be able to take down Arizona. Yeah, but they're not playing in Colorado. They're playing in Arizona. Yeah, they're still going to have a con. They, you know, they, that stuff stays with you for at least a couple few hours. All right. Uh, last... Do they charter their own flights, or do they they do regular flights? Usually with football, they charter their own flights because they're moving so many people. Then, then they don't have to worry about it. They'll be they'll be stoned out of their gourd, but they'll still win. All right. Um, next up, Cal at number twenty-five, Washington State. Cal at Washington State. I uh, I think uh, I think the Cougs are gonna have them for lunch with a little bit of cheese on top, Cougar gold cheese. Okay, I too am taking Wazoo. And last up, Oregon State at UCLA. We are going to kick the holy living shit out of those sons of bitches. Okay. I think it's going to be a good weekend for Oregon State. And if everything goes right, we might be there. I plan on it. All right. 
All righty, and I will get Kyle's picks and add them later. Okay, Beach. Yes. It Where is, are we at now, Billy? It is now time for the Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. Okay, so we've we've been I've been trying to keep it kind of political lately, mainly just because it's a very contentious political season, and it's fun to listen about how politicians cheat, and there's no shortage of cheaters in the political world. So, do you mind if I do two today, Billy? No, go ahead. Okay. You know, I, I uh, so by the time this thing gets released, well, you might be listening to this the same day as the presidential election. So that'd be kind of cool. So, we're going to talk about a couple of contested presidential elections. Okay. So, this 1800, okay? The outcome of the 1800 contest between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams was so bizarre, the United States had to amend the Constitution. Pre-12th Amendment, electoral college members each had two votes for president, and there were no official tickets. Whoever garnered the most votes was president, and second place took the vice presidency. Though problems with the system were apparent in 1796, uh, the election of 1800 saw Jefferson tie with his Democratic-Republican running mate, Aaron Burr, both had 73 votes to Adams' 65. Congress would be called upon to break the tie. Enter Alexander Hamilton, the nation's first treasury secretary, founder of the Federalist Party, and a man who did not care for Adams, Jefferson, or Burr. Nonetheless, Hamilton engaged in a campaign to convince the Federalists to vote for Jefferson, his lesser of the three evils, writing in a letter that Mr. Burr loves nothing but himself, thinks of nothing but his own uh, aggrandizement. The House of Representatives didn't easily arrive at its decision, casting 35 ballots in a week before finally voting to name Jefferson the victor and Burr the veep on February 7th, 1801. Wow. Making the election... Making the election all the zanier, the rivalry between Burr and Hamilton would continue for more than three years before Burr, still sitting vice president, killed Hamilton in a duel. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Okay, so just one more. For, for This one's kind of interesting, too. The election of 1824. Okay, this one was odd from the get-go, if only for the fact that the Federalist Party was on the cusp of extinction and all four candidates were Democratic Republicans. Andrew Jackson, a war hero and statesman, won the popular vote by fewer than 39,000 ballots and took 99 Electoral College votes. Secretary of State John Quincy Adams secured 84, Treasury Secretary William Crawford won 41, and House Speaker Henry Clay had 37. With no candidate earning a majority of the votes, the House again had to settle the deadlock, and Jackson was confident he would win the presidency given that he – did I talk about this one the other week? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, it said Jackson was confident he would win the presidency given that he had won the popular vote and the Electoral College because the House could choose among only three candidates. Clay got the boot. Did we mention Clay was the Speaker of the House? Yes. Who? Well – After a month of horse trading, many of Clay's supporters shifted their support to Adams, who would go on to win the majority of the House vote. You see what just happened there? Mm -hmm. The man who had the majority electoral votes, the majority of the popular vote, got kicked out 
because the speaker manipulated his votes to support Adams. Who would go on to win the majority of the House vote? Maryland, Illinois, and Louisiana, which had cast most of the Electoral College votes for Jackson, as well as Kentucky, where Adams did not receive a single ballot in the popular vote, decided to back Adams. After his inauguration, Adams selected Clay, see what happened there? Mm -hmm. As the Secretary of State. Hey, Clay, thanks for hooking me up. Gave you a nice little job over here. Jackson was furious. We might even say pissed. And he accused Adams and Clay of a corrupt bargain. He vacated his Senate seat and vowed to win the 1928 election as a Washington outsider. And you know what he did, Billy? What? He did just that. Did he? Backed by, backed by his new party, the Democrats, Jackson made good on the promise, besting Adams, who by then was the leader in the National Republican Party. Not to be confused with the current Republican Party because it had not existed yet. So, That's anyway, crazy. there you there you go. A lot of you know, it just goes to show you again. We might think that we're in like the the end of days here with our current presidential choices, and and I don't know if we've ever had a case where we've had two candidates that have really been so undesired by both parties. But the corruption and the kinky stuff has always gone on. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the pay-for-play stuff has always gone on, but as far as manipulating the uh, the, the favoritism inside the, the politics themselves, which just goes to show you politics is just a dirty business. Mm-hmm. Completely. So anyway, yeah, so there you go. One, one in a duel, and the other guy came back and kicked his ass four years later. So. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, Beach. Good. Good, good, good. Are you going to do uh, some more political stuff next week? You know, might do that, might do that. I, I you know, there's, like I said, there's no shortage, but I have, you know, it just kind of depends on what comes to me, but this has been kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So, so are you, are you ready for Tuesday night? I think as good as I can be. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's just odd. I, you know, and I mean, you're with me, Billy, we've never run a campaign before. We, we don't really have a strong feeling for what we're doing other than we're just guessing that we're doing it right. And, I think when given choices, on average, Americans make the right choice. And that can be on a local election, that can be on a state election, or that can be on a federal election. But you'd like to think that Americans make the right choice. So, anyway, maybe yeah. not. We could, we've been dealing with Barack Obama for the last eight years. But I was, I was well, I was going to say, I look at it, you know, two years ago when they elected Kitzhaber again. Yeah, true. So I think too many people, too many times people just look for the little D or the little R or whatever letters behind their name, and that's how they vote. Yeah, or they see the the name. Oh, I know that name. I'll vote so, for it. Yeah. it. So, yeah. I've got my ballot. Well, I've got my ballot right here, getting ready to drop it off tomorrow. Oh, you haven't filled it out yet. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't vote for you. Uh, that's all right. I know you're not in my district. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did you? Did you vote for? Uh, Schrader or uh, what is it, Colm, Colm Willis? Who, who I voted for is my business. Okay. So, but if Willis wins, mm -hmm. whenever he is like on the TV or something, you should like be like texting him and stuff. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Pretty much. That would be funny. Pretty much. But anyways. Anyways. All right, Beach. Well, we will see you Tuesday night. 
I want to thank okay. thank everyone for listening to show number 85 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send in a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at HeinrichTailgator. Also, check out HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, you can listen to and subscribe to us on iTunes and the Google Play Music Store. If you do, please leave a rating and review. Also, if you have an iPhone or Android device, you can listen to us on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, I want to remind everyone that next week will be show number 86. We'll have more craziness and maybe a uh, Disneyland trip report. That's hoping. That's hoping. That's hoping we have a Disneyland trip report. All right. Beach. Billy. Thanks for being here. Always happy to show up. Good luck on Tuesday night. And this week. Good. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just... Oh, I was going to end the show. Oh, oh, oh. Go ahead and end it with your with what you need to say. Do it, Philly. Just say it. Great big go beans. Right. right on.
Okay, so I just sent you a video, and I want you to use second 17 to 43 and 49 to 52. Some more work for me. A little bit. But it'll be funny. It's all about the last, Billy. Really.